Welcome to the Street Sessions, the business podcast brought to you by Street's Chartered Accountants. I'm James Pinchbeck, the firm's marketing partner, and I'll be hosting this session in which I talk to Mohammed Alexander, Head of Recruitment at Executives. Typically, the start of a new year is a time when many people consider their future, including their job and career. As such, it often creates a supply of fresh new candidates for those looking to recruit. The start of 2021 though it's certainly not a typical start to a year. Since March last year, the pandemic has impacted on jobs and employment prospects alike. Recruitment for many with such uncertainty and challenging times has not been high on the agenda. More HR executives and managers have needed to focus on workforce management, COVID security and the well-being of team members. Whilst opportunities may be limited for those seeking a new role, businesses do continue to make new appointments to fill vacancies and to respond to changing needs. In this episode of The Street Session, we take a look at the changing face of recruitment and employment, exploring the current impact and lasting changes that COVID-19 may bring to the labour market, skills and employment. I am delighted to be joined by Mohamed Alexander from Executives. Welcome, Mohamed. Perhaps we can start by taking a quick look back on 2020 and the impact of the pandemic on the recruitment sector, both from those looking to fulfil a vacancy and those looking for a new role. Thank you, James. Yes, 2020 has been a rather destructive year within the recruitment sector. Um, We've all witnessed the hospitality industry come to a complete standstill. We've all witnessed current employees be furloughed throughout the country. However, there has been a spike for recruitment demand within specialist sectors, such as within IT, within the tech sector, and particularly actually in accountancy also, given the current uh, requirements around dealing with furloughs and grants and, 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 and delaying taxes and things like that. We've also seen a lot of dynamic businesses try and adapt really quickly and diversify and push investment within their e-commerce sectors, as e-commerce has seen a, a sharp rise whilst people are at home and able to go out. They've been, they've been purchasing online, which is... Uh, driven demand for web developers and e-commerce specialists. In addition to that, Mo, have you, presumably there's the usual businesses looking to replenish and replace staff according to the vacancies that have come up. Has that been more challenging or have people decided to shelve vacancies or what are the recruitment intents have been like in the last 12 months? It's been an interesting one. I mean, you've got, uh, I mean, there's one type of recruitment, for example, the retail sector. Hospitality has come to a complete standstill, but retail, it, it has been operating but we've seen a complete shift away from permanent recruitment to like contract recruitment, even, even reduced head headcount uh, within organisations. So they furloughed staff, which brings in complications also because you can't replace these people. And at the same time, there are, there are organisations who have identified vacancies that they have. I mean, we've been speaking with a large construction company who who, who are quite niche in what they do and, and they're recruiting for a number of roles. They, they're just hesitant to pull the trigger and commit given the current levels of uncertainty. So so they're almost getting by with, with, with what they've got in place at the moment. Um, but they're aware, given given their growth plans, the acquisitions that they're making, uh, there are requirements within the organisation to, to bring in some candidates, you know, 
commercial directors and site managers and so forth. And when things go back to some sort of normality, and um, we'll restart the interview process and, and, and making appointments. Uh, looking to, to 2021, um, given we, if we, we're recording this podcast at the start of another national lockdown, what opportunities or challenges do you think they're facing both those looking to recruit and those looking for jobs? It's been an interesting one. For a lot of businesses, uh, they came into the new year looking to rebuild, regain some traction on all the lost opportunities and, and, and revenue, etc. So they were really hoping to bring in the talent that they need, bring people back in off a furlough um, and really push on this year. So obviously for, for those businesses, you know, another national lockdown is not great news. From a Canada point of view, it's been really interesting actually because, um, I mean, it's very normal. It coincides with this time of year anyway. People, you know, they go on holidays over Christmas. They all go visit family. They're at home. They do a lot of reflection. And usually a large number come back in the new year. You know, new year, new me. It's a bit cliche. People start repositioning themselves within their career. Um, they either stay in, in the industry that they're in, but they just look for promotions, you know, additional benefits, new employers, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then there are those who, who just make a complete change and transition into a new industry altogether. But a lot of my conversations recently with candidates has been, there, there are those who can't wait to go back to work and they enjoy what they do. They love what they do. They're really missing not being involved in the action and colleagues and so forth. But then there's almost the same amount of people who, dreading going back you know they would have left anyway but because of the current situation with furlough there's a there's some certainty there there's a security belt there they're like well look Mohammed, I'm, I'm definitely not going back can you please keep your ears very close to the ground for me and um, i'm not going to move right now because i'm safe and i'm protected uh, but as soon as we we, we cross that line and, and, and get through to the other side i want to change what i do completely you know people have been sitting at home and they've almost reevaluated and um, what's important to them this used to be important to me and um, but this is no longer important to me i, I now value something else more so i'm prepared to take a pay cut almost you know i'm prepared to change my industry um i want to walk out of this role that makes me drive up and down the country and then and go into this role here which is in retail around the corner in my village for example i mean looking looking to the year i think you know it's a it's it's perhaps something we're talking about changes in recruitment and, and employment further down the line perhaps to the, the middle half of the year to the to the end of next or end of the year rather around the situation that perhaps employers are holding off recruitment with uncertainty and employees may be looking to move uh, once there is more certainty and also there is an environment where people are looking for you know perhaps new skills from some new work workforce and some new new individuals to take on new roles so if you are managing a business and looking at your workforce projections or management uh, going forward it's quite a challenging time to model isn't it and knowing when to respond because if you're not careful you leave it um, you could miss out on opportunities when the, the whilst there's abundance of supply at the moment or in due course or that you might find you've got a skills gap as well because you you haven't worked on what you actually need uh, would that be the case do you think it's difficult recruiting anyway logistically speaking hr people do with so much already as it is from the, the runnings of the company internally with employees etc and then having to draft you know job descriptions and knowing where to go to find the talent you know it's it's it's, it's one thing if you're recruiting for you know on the bottom end of the spectrum the low skilled the re recruitment that happens throughout the country and then you've got on the complete opposite end the skilled recruitment and and, and these are people who already are within a um, a skill shortage within the country anyway and we are, but you know, it's, it's, it's the usual culprits. It's, it's it's education, teachers, middle managers, it's accountancy and finance, your audit specialists, your tax specialists, you know, your account seniors, and then within the IT and the tech sector, which has been prevalent throughout throughout um, the current pandemic. I mean, 
locally, regionally speaking, in these Midlands, there's been a big drive um, for develop, you know, software developers and software engineers, and and almost every software company is recruiting at the moment as companies, clients diversify, obviously, with Zoom calls and e-commerce and adapting their business. And it's it's been the same companies fighting over the same candidates, almost, or bidding for the same three candidates, and there's six six companies, six clients in the mix, almost. Um, so these challenges are going to be there anyway. So I think, well, like we've seen recently, employers have had to adapt. You know, Zoom calls become a norm now. You know, a telephone interview or appointing somebody off the back of a video interview, it's very normal. We've seen certain roles that require testing, you know, capability checks. They, they've moved online with online testing and, you know, recruiters are completing skills matrices and so forth. But I think the challenge that could be coming up in the horizon is a number of employers going to the market at the same time. And um, for the candidates, there is a challenge where if if you're the kind of person that is going to be going for the kind of role where actually competition is going to be really, really high, that's a challenge for, for, for them there. And also maybe maybe businesses, employers, HR managers and directors need to start looking at, you know, what the... Um, what the employee values now is it the salary is it the monetary gain has that changed now is it more flexibility um we, we, we've seen it recently actually some of the demands have changed and it's not so much about money but it's more about well actually i want to work from home for this many days a week now i don't want to do the traditional 12 to 14 hours the nine to five you know is there flexible working involved we were re- recruiting for a pricing analyst for um for a large data provider and almost every single person every candidate I spoke to, it wasn't so much the salary. The salary on demand was actually quite attractive. It was more about, well, hold on a minute, you know, I, I want to work from home for this many days a week and is there flexibility in my hours? It's interesting because if you take, um, I mean, no aspect of business hasn't been affected. So it doesn't matter whether you're marketing, finance or recruitment. It, it all have been affected by the pandemic and the changing working practices. And you've talked there about the, the fact that the recruitment process has changed from a, a physical in-meeting perhaps to other testing and skills testing testing on site to remote equally i think that your conversation there has talked about access to potential workforce and and candidate but i know you know a lot of large organizations have taken a view well we could recruit um somebody they don't have to be london centric they don't have to live physically close to the the organization the whole basis that remote working uh, two days a week in the office it opens up a, a market opportunity both from a, an, a recruitment perspective, but also from a candidate's perspective, doesn't it? It changes that dynamic that you can, you know, you, you can have somebody who can live quite a distance away from the organisation. Definitely, James. And actually, one, one of the positives that I can see coming out of this is um, uh, the big cities, generally speaking, you know, they're, they're the busy central hubs. And even if there is a candidate shortage within the market or the country, the big cities We'll find them first, right? Regionally speaking, you know, whether in, in the home counties, you know, um, in the East Midlands, West Midlands, further upfield, if you're not in one of the big cities, now is probably a really good time to have a look at and reassess your requirements and your, um, well, how are you going to go about doing it? Traditionally speaking, you know, there might be a company that really struggled to fill a certain type of role, which can be done remotely. Um, and actually now being able to open up the horizons and actually explore those, those additional talent pools of, right, I'm based in Lincolnshire or um, I'm based in Cambridgeshire and, and there's a talent pool in London full of e-commerce specialists. You can probably now attract, recruit and retain 
some really, really good talent that will make your business stronger than before. I think the other one is, uh, I know before we started this podcast, we talked about a trend towards um, self-employment, the number of people are looking at going self-employed. Equally, I think the pandemic has created an opportunity or a situation where a number of self-employed people have gone, actually, I feel a bit vulnerable and and actually employment might be uh, an attractive proposition once again. So I think there's quite a a potential change there that you may people may find a supply of potential candidates who have gone, well, I don't really, you know, I like the independence of working on my own, but actually I think I like the assurity and security of, of being employed. Yes. I mean, I spoke to, um, we're actually using some recent examples. I spoke to a candidate who's been self-employed for about five years. He's a really, really good business development individual in terms of transferable skills because he's built a, a business and he's taken it out um, and, and, and sold his services and, and got a decent client bank. However, he, he has felt vulnerable given the current climate. Um, so, so he's got back, you know, he's got in touch with me um, and, and he wants permanent employ, employment. He wants to be employed. And uh, we've had a discussion around his transferable skills, which are customer service, account management, you know business development so he's got a really good skill set but his his mindset and mind frame has changed now um, because of the uncertainty and then he'd, he'd rather have that security of being employed on the flip side i've noticed i mean mark the marketing sector has been hit quite hard and um, particularly the creative agencies there, there are people within these organizations who, who who are really good at what they do have decided actually I could I can build a website and I can manage social media accounts. I'm gonna I'm gonna go and while this is all going on, I'm gonna start my own business. And uh, and we you can see online and and the advertisements that are popping up. Um, there are a number of these self-employed entrepreneurs now who have kind of entered the market and, and providing their services and uh, oh starting their journey as a, as a business. I suppose, you know, normally, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about salary and wage pressure, perhaps pre-pandemic, and, 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 and we haven't necessarily seen over the last probably five, ten years wage pressure, and I think that reflects um, either the, the state of the market or um, uh, and commercial pressures. But do you see either the pandemic or the current situation, given that perhaps businesses are a stretch to actually uh, offer higher salaries to attract um, certainly in certain sectors have been more adversely affected but how do you see you know, the, the salary remuneration package at the moment is it less ironically less important and it's more about the, the more qualitative or intangible benefits of the workplace that people are looking for salary is always an important factor it always has been it always will be um, having said that I do think now there will be a lot more from uh, from employees in particular um, where it's a case of well salary is not the be all and, and, and end all the remuneration package isn't everything anymore now you know working from home being at home whether it's furloughed or still working they've realised all of a sudden or, or they've re-evaluated you know their own circumstances and, and have decided actually spending time with the family is more important to me now than than it was before having my evenings more freer than they were before might be more important or an extra day in the week you know it, it, it will vary and change dependent on, on each individual but um but I do think it's going to become a lot more the conversation and, and the negotiations will move a lot more to the uh, the overall package. So um, where you had where you had candidates before saying what's the salary? Well, it is right now in practice actually. You know, the first question I'm asked is, uh, are they open to flexible working? Um, when 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 things go back to normal, are we working from home? Any, any is is that is that an opportunity, or do we have to go into the office every single day? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've talked quite a bit about the impact on of the pandemic on recruitment. 
What impact, though, do you feel will have, will Brexit and the UK's departure from the EU have on vacancies and recruitment in the next 12 months or, or going forward? I mean, it's all hypothetically speaking, James, and until we're actually there and in the mix of it all, we, we, we just won't know. But the number of vacancies, I mean, the country's recruiting even now in the, in, in the midst of a global pandemic, it, not as much as it used to, but there are some vacancies still there. So when we when we get through to the other side and, and, and well... The, the kind of the bounce back starts, shall we say, right? When, when companies need to kind of claw back some ground and, and, and rebuild themselves. Um, I expect the number of vacancies to increase just by the, the nature of Brexit. I, in contrast, I, I don't think the number of candidates coming in from Europe, for example, are going to be high enough to match the number of vacancies. So then we've got to look at our own talent or further afield. When we look at the kind of people that we've had coming over, the kind of candidates and employees that we have coming over from Europe, um, it's, it's generally a good, you know, it's, it's, it's a wide mix. You, you, you have the farms, the land workers, you know, the, the agricultural companies that rely on, on that staff force coming over from Europe. And at the same time, on the opposite end, we do get a lot of, you know, the NHS relies on workers from abroad. You've got engineers, you know, quite a few of the IT professionals that are placed over the last couple of years. A lot of them have come from Europe, for example. So, so that would be an interesting one to see. I do think that probably it will create some sort of a candidate shortage. But then at the same time, if, if, if HR departments adapt quickly enough, that might, you know, they might be able to deal with that because depending on legislation that's introduced, etc., it just, it'll just just mean more checks and more right to work in the UK checks and things like that, um, which they have to be ready for. And I suppose, I mean, you've talked about particularly land-based food and processing sector reliant or historical reliance on um, workers from overseas and from the EU in particular. And I suppose, you know, the care sector is one in particular that will be affected. Uh, it does create challenges. Perhaps it does place pressure for increasing salaries to attract versus in other sectors. It's been the ability to adapt either using technology or to change working practices. But as I think you say, it is one. The sectors have been aware of it. Um, they face some challenges, but I'm sure there will be opportunities prevail. If we may also look at the recruitment process, we talked earlier that most businesses, if not all businesses, have had to adapt over the last 12 months. The way we operate, the way we, how we do business and how we go about business. How has the, re- the recruitment sector adapted and, and changed and responded to, to the impact of uh, the pandemic and the change in you know, working practices? The recruitment sector has had to adapt really, really quickly. Traditionally speaking, you know, typically speaking, you know, myself uh, in, in, in my practice, I like to meet candidates face to face, discuss their capabilities, go through a complete registration process. Now, obviously, given the current circumstances around COVID-19 pandemic, that's something that's just not feasible. So um, it's all moved online it's zoom it's video and um, it's through these online test methods but then of course we've got to make sure that we are interrogating cv you know and data that much more effectively because um sometimes there's a candidate where you can't do it on the phone for example because they're probably just not as tech savvy enough and and are too comfortable with zoom and things like that and, and that's a difficult one because um when you can't when you can't see the body language it just makes it a little bit more difficult but generally speaking nine times out of ten you know it's all on video calls. It's all on Zoom now. On the flip side, actually, a positive is I'm finding that it's I can meet a client, and I say meet in inverted commas, um, a lot more quickly, and it's, it's become a lot easier um, for for a client and myself to 
to just get in front of each other, albeit through the, through a screen um, and a lens. Whereas traditionally speaking, it was right. Let's open up our diaries and um, let's work it work it out logistically when, when we're available because there's travel times involved and you know is the boardroom available? Is the office available? Whereas now it's laptops open, the cameras on and it's done and dusted. And, and, and I've found that kind of face-to-face interaction through, through, through virtual methods has increased. It's increased a lot more. And my clients appreciate it as well, I think, rather than um, the traditional method of it's all, it's all on the telephone or via email. Um, and if we do get to meet, it's, it, it's got to be arranged well in advance. How do you think employers responded to onboarding and inducting new, new, new workforce colleagues or senior, and particularly through to senior management? And I think one of the hesitations of some organisations, and particularly on taking senior roles, is is how do you in, in, in bring that person into the organisation? How do they become engaged and fully effective, in, in, particularly with the, the higher salary roles and things like that? How have clients manage that? Well, it's, it's been a challenge for, for, for everybody. Um, I mean, you, you say particularly the higher end roles, but to be honest with you, it's um, even with trainee roles, you know, I've, I've, had, I've had clients tell me it's going to be quite the task getting them onboarded and trained up and settled into the team because we're all working remotely, you know? And as you say, the, man- the managers, that are coming in the more senior roles you know how do we embed them into the team and uh, um, ensure that they've got the scope and the reach that they need within the organization when everybody's at home so it has been it has been a difficult one um some clients have actually put vacancies in the hold because of it and but then there are some who have ad- adapted um and, uh, and 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 deployed strategies um i've we, we keep going back to Zoom, um, you know, Microsoft Teams, the, the, these video methods, these virtual methods. I think they've become the norm in the working day now. Companies have actually brought in, you know, third-party applications, you know, which are almost chat applications in the background, like Slack, for example. You know, some people probably have incorporated WhatsApp into their laptop, created groups, and just very quickly can can send out messages and broadcasts. But 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 personally speaking, I mean, even us, even us over at, over at executives, I mean, the catch up over videos become almost a, 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 a very daily norm now. Looking ahead then to the year, what specific advice would you give an HR professional for, or business or organisation looking to recruit? Preparation is key. It probably goes without saying at any, any time anyway. There, there will no doubt be a number of companies out there, businesses, small and large, who, who have requirements, who have vacancies. There's a lot of uncertainty out there, so they're not going to be ready to pull the trigger and commit just yet um, as they wait to see the lay of the land, essentially, and what changes get implemented. However, depending on the vacancies, the skill set, there could be, I do actually foresee, once we once we get through all of this and, and uh, we see the furloughs come to an end and everybody get back to normal business, um, I do see a large number of vacancies coming into the market. Um, there will be a number of candidates, also a large number of candidates, but when it comes to the the specialist areas, the skilled work um, that is demanded by some of these companies out there, there is a candidate shortage even now. You know, even now, and uh, and I and I see that getting uh, um, more challenging for uh, for employers in particular when they all go out to the market at the same time, looking for um, looking for the same people. So um, it's just preparation. Identify exactly what your needs are. Have conversations with the right professionals. You know, have conversations with the right professionals. Seek the right advice, um, so you can preempt and time things accordingly. Um, whether it's a recruitment professional or an external HR 
professional with regards to legislation, for example, Brexit's looming. Well, it's, it's, it's been announced already anyway. So we've got Brexit, people coming back from furlough, etc. What challenges does that create? And also just reevaluating um, what are you, you know, what are you doing to make yourself attractive to potential employees? You know, it goes back to the point we raised around the, the overall package. Why should an employee choose you and apply for your job in comparison to the, to the other one that's available in the market? And actually, I want, uh, an important one I'd like to throw in at the end there as well, actually, is this current situation has almost forced some of us to change. Myself personally as well, you know, it's, I always prefer meeting clients in person, whereas now... I don't think twice about opening that laptop and, and, and getting on a video call. And where I had two a week before, uh, I now have three a day, right? Um, so, so I've benefited from that. So where a job role, if it's particularly specialist and particularly niche, if it's, if it's possible to do this from home, would you be in a stronger position to widen your horizons and tap into a talent pool that probably wasn't within your reach previously, which is in a different location, but, but is, is known for having an excellent pool of candidates that fit your criteria. Thank you, Mohammed, for joining us for this episode of, of the Street Sessions and for your insight into the recruitment and appointment sector for 2021. If you'd like further information on executives or to contact Mohammed, visit executives.co.uk or email hello at executives.co.uk. Thank you also to you for listening. We look forward to catching up with you again in future sessions. <laughs>